0: Because yeah. well, hey, every time I watch anything, was a play, you I, went
1: to the play at the Royal Court. I didn't, Did you know you the know, I didn't
0: know. the play? No, I know Martin, the writer of the play. He's one of my oldest friends. And so, um, after graduating, I was looking... I just wanted to do a film, a feature film. And uh, I'd written a couple of pieces on my own. I'd started some feature scripts. And then I said to Martin, have you got anything? a play or a bit of source material that I can adapt. Mm-hmm. And of course, because it's his, I wouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <free game. laughs> yeah. we didn't do it we managed to. We did, actually. Oh, we did? Very yes, well. we we'll did. We'll deal with that. <laughs> um, so I read the play, and I like the central relationship between the boys, and I liked the fact that it was about um, uh, two best friends that break apart. And uh, it, it's like having the wrong best friend. And I thought, yeah, I've done that when, when I was younger. And that was it
1: really that was the beginning of it it's very classical it's very shakespearean kind of idea i mean it's yeah. very firm base
0: yeah yeah so. but then we went through loads and loads of but it
1: wasn't set. where was it set the
0: play southport and then so it was w-
1: by the seaside as well
0: it's set by the seaside and they this go this digging thing? for ragwars graduation ragworms.
1: film in blackpool and now you've got all these people in work i've
0: shot in blackpool worthing and whitstable right so, so inland, you don't really... Don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I head for the coast. Mm-hmm. And now I live in Brighton.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So, so he had this play. You, you adapted it with him? No. Who's no. the other writer credited?
0: Martin. Oh, no. i tell you what happened. I wrote the first draft. I did adapt it with him. Yes. <laughs> I'm, oh. not, I'm not taking complete. I wrote the first draft. <laughs> it took me about six months. I sent it to him. And he said, "I think this is quite good. Um, I've got a friend, Angela, who's looking for a feature film. Mm -hmm. Shall we do some work on it together?" I said, "Yes." We started by giving me notes. The notes turned into rewrites. Yeah. The rewrites turned into arguments, Mm -hmm. and then after we'd done about, we started then just literally rewriting each other's work and writing really angry emails to each other. What the fuck have you done to my script? And then at some point we had a meeting with Angela and you read so now I think you read about the fourth draft.
2: No, I read the first the first adaptation. The first Oh did you? One, yeah. Yeah, I was right there from the start, as was Claudia. You read the first one, yeah. didn't you? And then Cla- I yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Claudia read it when it
2: was And then I went down the official road of sending it to my two faithful readers and then fed back very subtle comments. And my first comment, more girls. Because the, girl, the boys right. were so dominant, yeah. and I felt that the script was totally imbalanced because it was all about them, and they were supposed to be falling in love, and there was no substance in either of the girls. And uh, it was just before Christmas, and I just said, great, love it, more, more Laurie, more
1: Mooney. And did you have this sort of philosophical Rita Tushing character who was sort of thinking about youth and all of that? We did,
0: but she was a completely different character. She rewrote her own character. Didn't yeah, she?
2: you met her, and then Rita said, I really, really. She thinks it's a, a film of, the t- of our time, and also she recognised it as a relatively classic piece. It's got, a, it's a, as you said, it's got classic storyline. Mm. Um, but she did say, I want to have my own little. Arc going on, so her she had a little development, didn't she? Yeah, because
0: she was written as a kind of Nora Batty kind of character. She was called Val,
2: and she was on um, one of the she
0: was on a thing,
2: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) which is all going to be no mobility scooter.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't put Rita Tushing on a a mobility (laughs) scooter, I mean, she's too glamorous, yeah. So she just sort of said, I want to make her glamorous and sexy and give her a past and say that. She was a high class hooker, and we went,
1: ooh! All right then? Right. Yeah. That was the kind yeah. of sort of. You know, I had a film once where she died in the first 10 minutes, which wasn't very nice or glamorous.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: she's great. Yeah.
0: She's great.
2: She's so beautiful, isn't she? Yeah, she was so nervous. Yeah. But
0: she was. Um, she worked so hard. And
2: she brought such an elegance to our. our in, the, in the time that she was with us. It really lifted our game, didn't it? When she was there. So let's just
1: keep going with the story for a while. So, so you developed. It took you some months, and then, and then. And then we were we working you, together. You were reading it, and you were all working together. Mm. And Cloudy was already involved with the project. then. Cloudy was.
2: Yeah, she, she was in the background, and then she was brought. You were brought on, weren't you?
3: Yeah, I think I read the first half of the first very you first did. draft. You did. You, the first right. person I to read it. I was the first it. person that ever read it, and from there it was just draft after draft, and I got involved. Five months.
0: Right.
3: It, yeah. Yeah. Before we
0: started uh, yeah, talking. Claudia was secretly involved, and then I said, oh, yeah. so I've got a production designer in you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right.
3: And then we just went wrecking like one weekend yeah. here and one weekend there, and just like, oh, this could work, oh, this could work. And right. Finding suitable places. But well, we could, I, the, the reason why we,
0: we sub moved it to Worthing was because it was easy for us all to be. Sort of London based and get there for the crew, for the act, well, mainly for the crew and for me, for recceing and for all that kind of thing. But we kind of wanted to keep the spirit of the play, and because Martin's from Bradford, the writer of the play, co writer, and I'm from Manchester, there's a kind of northern and you're humor You're very careful
1: not to put the word Worthing or Worthing Station or Worthing anything or Worthing no. Rock. You don't no. you <laughs> know it's
0: worthing. We just populated it with Northerners and
2: yeah. And Nick.
1: Yeah, and Nick. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a No, no, he's <laughs> a southerner. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So can I just so so at this point you had a you had a script and you had a you you, you had a production on your hands. Yeah,
2: house. and they were and I kept on feeding them because they're quite both of them are very dominant writers and they didn't yeah. want inter- don't think they needed any interference from a producer whatsoever. So I had to be quite careful in the way I gave them because I had my readers and. I flip-flop between them because they're very good readers but they have very different opinions. One's a girl and came with girls, objective girl view and one's a boy um, and came with boy view so I always kind of give it to them both because I like both views. And, and you were
1: looking for a feature and you were looking I for... I needed,
2: for me, because I'd, I personally had been sort of in finding out how to make a film. I grew up in advertising and I've had masses of shooting time Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna go make a film now. And uh, realized suddenly that the industry didn't appreciate my skills at all. And what I needed to do was to go and prove myself. So that's what right. I did. And I was yeah. looking for a script that was very, uh, was shootable for was not contained. very, yeah, yeah, for a very small amount of money. Right. And also I know that, with prep, that if you've got no money, the, the, the key to making a film is preparation. Mm -hmm. which we had, we had, we were... Did you
1: two know each other for a long time?
2: No, we'd never met each other. I'd met Martin. We
0: met at the theatre, didn't we? Met Martin's play. Yes,
2: Martin did a play and I worked with Martin on the play Mm -hmm. and we met Mm then.
0: Right. So. um, In the first meeting you said, what can you shoot this film for? And I said, £30,000. And you went, okay. And then you went, look me in the eye. Are you capable of doing this? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That was it? Yeah. That was about it. And did you
1: did you? Not really. No. no. It must be no. more <laughs> A lot more money than that. No. It was a lot more money than that.
2: But it was it was still I think <laughs> it was it sort of grew, but I was part I based, of the sorry. It was it I was part of the growth because suddenly when you get involved in the project you realise that you want you can make it better. And I think the what the three of us were absolutely brilliant wi- uh, about, with Nick and with Claudia, because they were so key in the preparation. We, I think we just made really good decisions about where we would invest and yeah. where we wouldn't. Mm. And I think th- we allowed it as a, as a team to find its uh, cost, its value yeah. Yeah. For, for us and for yeah. the film.
0: Yeah cuz we were going to like shoot it on the 5D or 7D or whatever and do lots and lots of cost cutting and then I said cuz I'd worked with Nick on right. before this. Oh had you? Yeah, I worked with Nick on um this internet teen TV drama series thing that we did for a company called Coast. For a company called Coast which was for the launch of uh Hannah Montana the movie. We did it in 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 sort of co-production with Disney. It was only ever on the internet, but um, that was, I got, I got a job for Coast, mm. and they said, you're a new director, we want you to work with an established you know, DP. It. I said, okay, so I worked with Nick, and we got on really well, mm. and we had a great time. And then when it came to doing this film, I said, I really like Nick Gordon Smith.
2: And I said, I really want pretty pictures. Because yeah. I didn't want to make yeah. a film which just didn't have the most beautiful pictures, yeah. well, and that's why Nick came on. And Nick
1: is, a, you know, we would call him a, a landscape cinematographer. Um,
2: well, he makes the <laughs> most <too>.
1: beautiful <laughs> so, pictures. I mean, and the landscape's part of the film, isn't it? So it's, it's a yeah, it
4: film. worked. I, I think with a low budget, as a if you're a DOP and you've got a low budget, you want to get on with the director. And I really enjoyed working with Julian. And I think that's what, you know, first of all, it was like yeah, I really enjoy working with Julian. I want to do a film with you. Let's read the script, rather than read the script and then think I like that. I just really enjoy working with him. And, you know, I think then it comes up, how do you make a film with hardly any money, which which is an issue. And I think for a lot of people, I mean, for me, I've been working, making films for about 20 years, you know, something like that. Different budgets, in fact, I think budgets for independent films have gone down generally since I've been working over 20 years. And you've really got to think, how do you make a film for, yeah, if you want to make your own film, how do you make it for a, li- for a very small amount of money? I mean, it's, you know, there are various techniques, as Junior says, 5Ds, people make films on 5Ds, they make films on these. This is shot on, of on? We shot it on a red Which camera. was kind of your decision, pretty much, was it? Ye- well, it was either that or 5D, it was and that, I really yeah. didn't. <laughs> and I was kind of, I said, look, I can bring some things to the table some lenses, et cetera, et cetera, if we go that way. I really don't want to shoot on a 5D. Um, I mean, but there's still issues, and I still have issues, you know, with, because there are monetary issues that we have which affect mm. the way, the look of the film, the way the film's made. yeah. And it really, you know, I can see it quite a lot of the time. When you, you so look at it, it,
1: yes. But I mean, I, I have to say, looking at that film, I don't I don't feel, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from everyone, but I, 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 I don't feel that there's some, some missing... Thing and the reds given you incredible kind of latitude in post. so you know it's, yeah, a, it's, it's okay. sort of graded for yeah. a really, a really consistent.
4: But I think going back feeling. to it and what you said earlier, what I love about the film is the way you get into the characters, and you don't okay. really, you know, at the beginning you're they're very kind of disparate, and then there's something that happens, and I, I find this personally that there's something within those characters that I just start to really go with, and I forget about everything else. And that's very strange. When you worked on a film, and y- you must know, when you look at the film that you shot, the last thing you do is look at the story, and look, you're just looking at it and thinking, oh God, why did I make that decision? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? But on this film, I do, I lose it after about, you know, a quarter of the film, and then I get into those characters, mm. and I think, you know, the, you know being young teenagers, mm. there's something about the love story that really, really draws you in on it.
1: Let's talk about the performances and the casting and all of that because we've got a director on our hands who's an actor, which is relevant.
2: It's completely relevant and it was absolutely a key part of why the film is, is I think, as good at it as it was. Because Julian, Julian's casting was brilliant.
1: Julian, remind me why you why you went to film school. I mean, just, just because didn't people here. There are, people here, to, there are I, people here have never never seen you. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the, so so you you're working because quite successfully, from working
0: I, so? as an actor for I'm about the age of eighteen. So thirteen years I was acting for. I got more interested in the entire process of storytelling from conception, I, when we finished a scene, I always wanted to go and sit in the editor, with, with the editor. I wanted to see the whole thing through, and um, I didn't kind of feel like I had enough control of what was going on. You could only do your little bit, and then you had to leave it up to someone else. And then I made a short film at the Metropolitan Film School as a kind of warm-up to see if I liked it, and it got accepted by the British Council. And <clears throat> did all right at film festivals, and I sent it here, and uh, the rest is history. And that was that, okay. And that was that, yeah, yeah. And then I just got bitten by the bug really from the first day I arrived here. I was like, this is brilliant.
3: <clears throat>
1: yeah. But when you're working with, because it's true of your graduation, it's true of all your work that you've you've got really intense uh, um, stuff out of quite young actors. Mm. Um, how do you work with them? I mean, just talk about how you, when, when you're approaching uh, a script and a story like this at the beginning of, 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 of well, talk about, a bit about casting. I think a, about a the major,
0: the major part of it is casting decisions. Because we, I mean, when I did my graduation film, for instance, I think I auditioned at least 60 people. We did four days of auditions for my graduation film. Because you've got to. Because y- you just y- you don't know when it takes that long to kind of find someone who just hits the script and you go, oh, that's beautiful. You I've make got- them do readings? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So they're quite conventional.
3: <coughs> mm, see, yeah, I just spend a lot of time
0: with them. Give them 20 minutes. I mean, I've done so many auditions that you just, just try and be nice and, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, Give them the script in advance, and then possibly throw something at them at the time, and then, you know, with the boys, I was looking for a bit of swagger, you know. You, I was looking for a, a bit of cockiness and charisma, and both those two boys had it in abundance, <laughs> and, and they were just the the choice. They weren't they? Mm,
2: they were. um, you did you did your coverage <clears throat> of. People that you saw was really, b- really big. I was quite surprised at that because but, uh, we did go try and find a casting director, but we found that what this the small amount of money that we had, we weren't going to get the commitment we needed, yeah. and Julian was never going to be happy, and we were going to start the film in a bad way.
1: Mm. Well, finding so then young then actors too is this industrial process for casting directors, and then you've got to get the hubbards, and they've got to all the, all yeah, they and, do, and they've got the to the work for two, three months. To get yeah. You your choice and everything else. It's very complicated.
2: And at the beginning of the casting, you were utterly miserable because you thought, like, oh, I want a casting director, didn't you? Mm. And then you got into it, and then it was from that that the whole essence, the whole energy sprung from that casting. And how
1: did you do the process? How did you find them? Were they actors? I mean, are they yeah, they're all actors.
0: They're, they're all, all actors. F- We've, they've all been on TV and, and things. Yeah. And, you know, they know what they're doing, That they're, they're, they're kind of, they're up to speed. Um, I'm not against using people who've not, who've not acted before and using sort of raw talent, but um, it's but rare that you find people that good who haven't done yeah, anything. Yeah.
2: And also, it was a budget consideration as well, because if you have skilled people, relatively skilled people, you reduce your time that you're shooting, therefore yeah. you reduce your day... And you're cold. Yeah. So that was amazing. <coughs> How many decision. days did you shoot?
0: Twenty one days. Twenty one.
1: Yeah, over four weeks.
2: Three weeks in Worthing, one week in London.
1: Right. And they were all very different kind of call cool days because you must have had a week and a half where you just had two of them in the beach and Yeah, we had extraordinary days. The day of the boat was the weirdest when we
0: I think we were called at three AM. And we started shooting about four thirty, and we shot from dark through to light, and we wrapped at about two. were a lot of
1: locations, and there was a lot of polish in the film for a twenty-one days, and you got a ninety-six-minute film out of it. I mean, it's an amazingly effective. It was a mid-production management. It was prepared yeah. down to meticulous. Yeah. The production uh, yeah. team. Yeah.
2: And also, we got lucky because of the weather. And it's a brilliant location, because there was lots of... that's again, was a key decision early on, which was a budgetary considera- consideration, that if we stayed in one place, we, ha- we wouldn't have to travel, we wouldn't have to yeah, do any yeah, we yeah. All of that costs money. And so, because we had so much prep time on it, we could do it, we could have an absolutely meticulous... You must have
1: be been getting 15, 18 set-ups a day, every day.
4: It was, yeah, we yeah. Which early. must be
1: quite hard with the red, because you can go again, go again, if you want.
4: Yeah it's it it was actually it went very well with us we <laughs> didn't have any problems with it we had a brilliant dit mm-hmm. called Jake Scott who was very young 21 and oh, he Jake was Scott yeah, mm-hmm. the other Jake Scott he's the other Jake Scott which is unfortunate for his name but he's very good and um, this was he was working for a company called Brownie Motion and they said look we really want him to do a feature and just having him there was fantastic for me yeah. because he, any problem, it was sorted out. He was
0: watching the rushes as they came off, and, and he'd come yeah. back and he'd go, I've yeah. seen something
4: soft.
3: And we'd go, I think, okay.
4: yeah, I think my main problem is was focus with it being, you know. We would I, I think that's a, the that's a kind of issue. And if I approached it again, I'd approach it slightly differently, maybe. Um, I mean, but. Would
0: you? You had quite an inexperienced focus, Fuller, didn't you? Yeah,
4: I had a very inexperienced focus, follow, but that's about money. And if you look. We had, I think, if you look at the credits, we had seven sound recorders. Yeah. We had it was four like the one gaffers. We s- had four every gaffers, day. and sometimes we didn't it even, was. you know, there'd be some days and there wasn't a gaffer. Yeah. And then the gaffers that we got were usually living on down in Worthing and a retired down there. retired gaffers. Retired gaffers. Yeah. So All great, and story stories
2: about shooting on James Bond, you know. And one of them yeah. actually knew Rita, and they had been on a film together. It was very strange, yeah.
0: wasn't it? But it was strange for that, because the continuity of people was odd. Because you know, it would have been nice to have been able to pay people to ensure that you had the same people there. Well, we every did pay day. everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you but know, it nominal was kind of.
1: Uh, let's have a bit, a little bit on production design, um, because I mean, there are there are bits that you're 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 creating characters through bits of the like you've got that that um, uh, riverboat. Thing. Yeah. Um, presumably the 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 london the london flat is not a london flat it's something you built interior in, in 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 worthing and you're tricking it or or is it in london
3: no that is a london uh, is flat it is in london right. yeah when when they g- in yeah. that
1: state it's around the corner from me it's yeah. back, uh, off it's seven not in road. that state but it's it's not in it's that state that's no. just the exterior yeah. that's the exterior yeah
3: that was london when when he comes looking for them yeah, and they have he has this little experience.
1: Right, because I was thinking of the exterior and thinking, how the hell did they get the canal that quickly? You because know? <laughs> <laughs> I live near there. Um, um, but so 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 amazing choices of locations. I Is there a pirate world there? There wasn't
3: a pirate world, no, and I think you invented it pirate was world. Was because we had such a low budget. I think finding the right locations to shoot them almost as they were was key. Yeah. So that's why we spent so much prep time going and finding the right things and finding the houseboat, which I think was a really good find because I think the original plan was to shoot in a caravan Mm. and then driving through Shoreham and saw the boats. And I was like, well, we could do it there. And then we left the idea for a month and then the idea of the caravan kept on. And then I called Julian and said, well, why don't we do it in in a houseboat? So we went on to finding that Mm. amazing houseboat, Mm. knocked on the door and it was like, well, Yeah, you we knocked on sh-
1: doors and said, "Can we?" Can we shoot a film? Me. There are lots of very important lessons in this for, for low-budget filmmaking because you're actually you've got the production designer telling the director where would be a locate, good location for the actor to live, yeah. and then exploiting everything out of that, yeah. and then you're responding to that rather than saying, "Yeah, but they live in a caravan," yeah. Um, yeah. which is the more conventional way you make a movie, which is actually less interesting. Yeah,
3: and um, that location I think gave it a big visual yeah. plus. And it's basically learning to be really resourceful with what you've got, your budget, and making the most out of it, and working with the spaces you've got and trying to make them work for the story and the characters. Because I and think there the was really a
1: cafe at the front there well, that was sort of.
3: Yeah, no, the cafe fr- there. There really is a cafe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah, the cafe's there. But the things that you did, like charming the police to turn up that afternoon.
1: Because you know, we couldn't pay to hire any. Yeah, you that. needed a police car to show up. And <laughs> they, they were, they were no,
3: because the idea
2: was like, well, dress they weren't a the real car. police,
1: though. The actors were, were, were actors. Right?
2: Well, one of them was Claudia. yeah? And then there was a
3: policeman, wasn't it? No, that's my no, friend. That was my friend. It was the police
0: driving, and then it was, and then it was okay. two actors. Because okay.
3: it, we couldn't afford to dress a police car, so I literally went into the police station and begged so them could you for half an hour way. of their yeah. time. And they were really, really nice. I don't think we could get away with it in London, no. but in where the, I think it was, sure, and police—they no. they were really well, nice. Also, and there's they this organisation,
1: isn't there? I mean, which I've worked with lots of times, called the Force. You know about them, and they—they're they're all uh, um, extras and actors, and that they have their own cars and everything, and they put—they stick all the magnetic things on, and they are the police in films. So ah. if they hear that you're actually using the real f- police, they ring up and say, "Look, we're the Force. We always do the police." Yeah. You know. Oh, I didn't know that. So oh, we do. Really oh, that's away a good tip. There. But well, it's not a good tip. I mean you, you just keep a low profile if you because the force. they do it they, that's what they do. they're the policing films um. <laughs> um. <coughs> And it' very interesting sometimes you're in a you know in a coffee bar on this sort of location and then you say, "Well yeah, but wh- what are you doing tomorrow afternoon?" And then you realize you're talking to the police and in fact they're not the force You know because so
0: yeah, we got Worthing was an extraordinary location because I think people don't really shoot very many films in Worthing. Um, so people weren't cynical and they weren't yes. they weren't on our case. I mean, we cleared the pier quite yeah, a we few did times of fishermen. People yeah. were sat there and we'd go, oh, sorry, say, we're just gonna do the oh, shot. Can you all get why, off yeah. the pier? And but we go, did have a problem right.
2: with the mobility scooters because these old people, they were not going to move for anybody and they'd tear down the pier they, and, yeah. you know, and it was like, stop, stop and they go, no, and you couldn't stop them doing their daily constitution on their things and they would insist that that's what they had to do. And there's
1: one more thing, because I'm going to open it out in a minute, there's one more thing that obsesses me, which is good value for music, So, because this has got the most amazing soundtrack for the kind of level of film that you're making. And I assume that you, what you've done is you've... I mean, quite a few of the musicians have got the same surname as you, which obviously is important. <laughs> That'll be my brother. Um, so, so, but then but then, there's also, presumably, that you, you've sort of pre-sold the soundtrack rights to somebody else who then delivers it for the movie. Is it that kind of deal?
2: No, the all the music was... Because uh, the other writer, Martin, he was in a band, so his music is in there right, as well. right. And both Martin and Julian are very well connected with... With music. Music, the music world. Um, so Julian Begg borrowed and steeled.
0: And My friend's got a record label and it's got an artist called rose Ellen O'Dougal, who's in a band called The Pipettes and she's, we've got a couple of her tracks and on their label they've got a band called The Travelling Band and that's their music who top and tail the film. Right. But, so we've all got into, we've all kind of negotiated that it's fine to do this for festivals yeah. and for private screenings, and then I think we have to... And then you start paying them. Then we've got to start paying them, <coughs> yeah. But they've
2: all but been But it's a deferred
1: deal, so
0: once yeah. you've earned it. so when I we earn it, it there, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Great. Okay, well, I, my, my production questions are answered. Um, uh, we should open it out a bit. Are there any questions out there about the film? or about the making of the film, or reactions? Um, there's somebody there at the back. We start with you. This one's for Anna. Uh, Angela, uh, is there a particular kind of taste to have for films? Is that the reason you produced
2: this or is um, it like Yeah, it? I, um, I like be- beautiful things, and that was a beautiful film with a beautiful story. But I do like it. To be, I do like very dark stuff as well. I don't like it to be obvious, and I think that this particular film has been is dealing with a very dangerous subject it's a social taboo isn't it suicide and so uh, particularly in the young and also we have dealt with uh just touched on paedophilia as well so two very bad dark subjects but throughout you're looking at the most beautiful pictures and having the most beautiful acting going on so that's what i like i like dealing with Putting those two things together, and then you get the rub. I think you get that, ooh, that tingle that a film makes you feel that nothing else in the world
1: does. That's so that my means, thing. Uh, that aspect of the is superseding the commercial aspect of the film. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Well, this remembering this is a first film, so it's a rites of passage film. Uh, our rites of passage <laughs> film about a rites of passage, and I think it's the only time I said to to uh, Julian and Martin, the three of us, the this is the only time we'd be allowed to do what we want to do for ourselves and have nobody to answer to um, we could do what we wanted we could choose what we wanted to do we didn't have somebody going, you can't do that and if one of us said you can't do it well all right then we all just got on we never fought well, we did actually but we really <laughs> enjoyed fighting the three of us Martin Julian and I yeah. loved the conflict um, uh, but we're all grown-ups and we knew that it was essential that we got through the whole process and enjoyed it, good, bad, ugly, and beautiful, and then we'd get a good film. And I think we did, and we still adore each other, and we still like being with each other, which I hear is quite amazing, it is, on a low well, budget film. Yeah. Just one more.
1: Uh, in the future, are you open to like, more commercial ideas? The 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 next
2: film I'd like to make is is, uh, I'm going to jump right out of that world and into bang into commercial world. I'd like to make a really commercial film and make loads of money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Although that's the right answer, although it's not my role to to answer questions here. There's one thing I want to say, which is when you say the word commercial, it's very important in this kind of context, because we're talking about low-budget films, that you use the word commercial to mean it it cost ten and I earned eleven and not to mean in Leicester Square commercial does not mean in Leicester Square so here's a film which is a very low budget film made by a bunch of people that wanted to make a film together it's got a serious chance to play two or three festivals some territory picks it up it starts to get some life makes four or five television sales kabang it's recouped it's a low budget film So the the whole question is, it's about prices. It's not about what is commercial and what is not commercial, because people make a decision to be commercial when they have very little money. All they do is make little films with very bad car crashes, which are very unimpressive, um, which don't have anything to do with the mainstream market, but also have no impact whatever on the art house market. So I'm sorry to, to jump in, but it's very important that we don't use that word commercial to mean you know, uh, uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, with a mainstream theme on a low budget because really commercial films on a low budget tend to be television programmes. Sorry. Yes,
2: I mean, it's, uh, it, I, I suppose I'm trying to, I'd like to make a high concept film which then requires a bigger budget and is available, it's more suited to a wider audience.
1: Yeah.
2: That's what I would try. A wide and, audience. Yeah, a wider yeah. audience. Yeah. So that's what I responded in terms of commercial. But you're
1: going to work together again. I hope so I hope so, yeah
2: Yeah, I yeah, hope so I, I'd love to I'd yeah. like Julian to go off and make two films two films without me yeah. come back a huge success You're not worried
1: and that s- he's going to fall in love with some producer while well, that's going He'll on He'll never
2: love a producer more <laughs> than me <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, that's that
1: That's very good Security is a good thing Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, who else have we had someone else at the back in the red Eight T-shirt thousand
0: was the original proposed budget what was the final cost?
2: What do you think?
0: Mm. Uh, 70000
2: nearly, it was 140 inclusive, including a VAT
3: wow.
2: mm. I had a big lesson with VAT <laughs> does anybody get the VAT thing? You budget without mm. VAT and then you actually have to pay with VAT and you've got your money and you go oh, I've got all this money and then you realise you haven't got enough because you haven't counted for your VAT yeah, and, you don't, you don't have and to it was it. for about three days I just couldn't move, I just st- stared at a blank wall going How am I going to get that extra money? I didn't know that. No, well, I didn't tell you any of that. Good. Is the VAT the same
0: as, is it 17.5% as well? It's now 20%.
2: But actually, while we were shooting, it was 17%. It was in post-production that I got, it moved into 20%.
0: Yeah, it doubled in post-production,
3: didn't it?
2: The budget doubled. What got me in the end was the red camera, because I'm actually, I'm trained as a post-production producer, and I specialise in special effects. So I sort of thought, oh wow, I'm great at post-production, but then the red camera bit me in the ass because I didn't understand, I didn't understand the key part of it because I, I just there was a bit of technical that I didn't understand, and that bit cost me huge amounts of money, and that was the issue of raw files.
1: Yeah. So. So you had to create the whole look and do all of the work on every frame afterwards. You have to yeah. unpack it, and it all gets the operating massive. decisions are made in post-production. Yeah, mm. and uh, we
0: so couldn't I, have the storage it was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, and no so one I could went, take it because it was so big.
2: I went to a small company, and then uh, well, the whole film was based on opportunity. I was, everybody was taking this on if they wanted an opportunity. Everybody got paid. So I went to a small post-production company. Said, "I've got this job, dadala, dadala, Would you like to take it on?" They went, "Oh yes, that'd be fantastic." Got there, spent three days. I so couldn't do it, and so my lovely ten thousand pound post production budget <laughs> turned suddenly. <Yeah.
1: laughs> but all, all the same, I mean, on your final price, it's good that you say your final price. But it's an amazing film for that price. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes, but I think And that's right that, the, the, that twenty years ago, these kind of <coughs> films cost four f- four times as much, you know, mm. and definitely paid I daily, mean, and they shot yeah. for thirty two days. And
4: sure. I think going back to the the whole process. I, when I shoot a film, I really like to know where I'm grading it. At the, be- right at the beginning, I like to know the journey of where that film goes, and I like to have meetings with those people who are going to be doing that work. And, you know, when you've got budget, you can do that. When you haven't, and you're looking for favors, and I know a lot of people have been bitten by raw files, by red cameras. I mean, now we're changing, people are going pro res, et etc. Et it's got to be, you know, this is the one thing that, that has bitten a lot of people, is raw files. But I think if, you, if you've worked, if you've got a company in place right at the beginning who are going to do it, you can have no your costs. The problem is, you know, going to a small company who says, yeah, we can do this, we can do this. Pre, it was actually a week in and they said, because I was waiting to go to the grave, and they couldn't do it. So, and that was that was a real mess up, in a way. And...
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a mess up, but I did. I think that you guys supported me in the mess up, and I knew enough about post production that I just had to cut my losses. Mm. I would lose the film if I carried on in that way, and I had to go to a, an established company that knew what they were doing. And that could guide us through the whole process and mm. they did that and they did it with grace you know, we went to and, a yeah and they looked after us I mean they did us yeah. an amazing deal still but it's I mean, a good
1: advert for the red because you're really using the you know all the all the density of the file you're not trying to light it from the monitor and close it all down yeah I mean you know, I, I still it.
4: see I mean basically you protect your highlights and there are bits when it burns out and I'm just looking at it thinking <laughs> oh God, it's burnt out and I can become really anal with it and think really don't like that and you know and I'll be sending emails to um to Julian when he's editing. You can't keep that bit in. It's burnt out. It's out of focus. And I'd actually mention in the time code which bits you couldn't keep in the film. <laughs> and I'd see the next cut and they were still there. They're still there. And, and, and thought, they're still What do you do with that shot in the film? It's horrible. Yeah. You can't yeah. use it. And um
2: a couple of times you had a tantrum. The art gallery, you had a bit of a tantrum, didn't you? After I'm not, you know, those shots are never going to go in the film. They're just
4: too awful. They're too awful. Well, the art gallery, we, were, we had four hours in it. And mm. the last shot, they said, you've got to come out. And so yes, we so. still had a scene to shoot. So we actually we did a bit of the scene. Then we went and shot the scene that we were meant to shoot in the art gallery out in the park again, because we could get into the park. But it's kind of, you know, it's compromising all the time. Mm. And I think. You're, you know, I'm sure even big budget films you're compromising because you're, n- you know, you're never in control of it. You, you know, you don't know what's going to happen half the time. So,
0: but you'd never shot on the red before, I do. You? So you're. I think
4: I shot. I don't know if I. I think I shot a short on it. I can't remember. Right, but, but you're principally
0: you've done thirty-five mil on film. So you 60 kind of shot, shot it 16. almost like it was.
4: Yeah, I shoot. I shoot like it's a film camera, although I don't use. A light meter with it but i mean do, do you have them here red cameras
1: or? uh no we don't no we use celluloid all the time but we have we have uh hd um formats often for the third term for the documentary term and then in the sixth term everyone does a workshop which is either on the Ari Alexa or the red or the ex one or whatever and yeah, that, yeah. so they know about that because most of our graduation films are made now on those formats yeah. are not on celluloid
4: well it's you know i just think how much i used to shoot on film and now it's just not really happening.
1: Um. Well, see, I mean, if you, I if, uh, will give you a magical mystery tour and you'll see all of these. Steam all of these, <laughs> n- Not steam, no, steam bags, bags, no. not steam bags. And You won't see, I mean, there's a 2K projector in here and there's lots of electronic yeah. equipment, but the actual origination was still thinking, okay, there's a decade where we're gonna be mostly celluloid or most of mm. a decade. I mean, I think we'll start buying our Alexa's at some point.
4: Yeah. Mm. But I think, I am mean, going back to crew, I really, I think when people have learned how to shoot on film, it really, yeah, you know, it's so helpful. Yeah, it yeah, really is. Yeah. You
2: know. It's the work ethic as well, isn't it, with film? Because it's that precision of not being able to do six hundred yeah. takes, and you've got to get it right. Yeah. So you well, it's training.
1: That's I mean, you know, when when you turn when you tell the camera to roll over, all the adrenaline flows because mm. that's the precious stock that's running through. Yeah. It's very difficult to find an education yeah. um, parallel with without digital. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the great. Service. And we had
0: exactly the same principle with that. You know. Yeah because time was our stock, in yeah, fact. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: um, we're, we're, not, we're not allowing the questions to happen. Sorry. There's one over there. I
0: have a question about the plot um, with regards to the ending. Do you think it was... Uh, first of all, was it the, the same ending as the original story that you adapted? Um, the, the play ends... The play ends when, in London... ...in the London flat... ...when the... ...the Sam character... ...leaves, they've got different names... ...but the Sam character and the Mooney character... ...leave... um, Kieran ...on his own in the flat... ...and he just has a kind of internal... ...breakdown... ...and that's it... ...that's the end of the play... ...but I just thought that wasn't... ...quite enough... ...and the play is peppered with monologues where people talk to the audience about their um, internal state of mind. In fact, the opening of the play, the girl who kills herself, Laurie, walks on stage and describes her own death. Um, So I had to... It's not linear, the play. It's all over the place. And I had to kind of put it back into chronological order and then... In regards to the film ending, do you think it was quite polarising in that you have the good guys and the bad guys as opposed to kind of driving home how often the whole world was kind of totally fucked? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's our second in- ending that we actually shot as well. Um, we, we shot the, en- the original ending last June and then reshot that ending in November
1: what was the June one? What was wrong with the June <laughs> In the
0: June ending? Did
1: you test it? Did you take it to an audience and
0: say? It was just rubbish. <laughs> it was just... Um, what happened was... Uh, Sam comes straight back from London, goes to the beach. He meets Kieran on the beach, almost straight away. He beats him up. Then he runs along the length of the pier... this kind of officer and a gentleman and and he sees her on the end of the pier and he just kisses her and it was just shallow it was just there was no there was no difficulty in it for him and i thought i don't want a romantic ending i want to get the romance out of the way so that the ending is hopefully you're left feeling how he feels which is to a certain extent he's let himself down to a certain extent he's dealt with the problem you know he's he's pissed off with himself it's a complex but he's he's got this girl
2: i think also just to, the um ending was much darker before i insisted that it wasn't and it was hard pushing them because they martin and julian are much darker and they left it with no hope whatsoever at the end the initial ones weren't they it was much darker. I think the darker
3: I ending mean, would have seemed possibly more fitting because
2: of how. But can you can you, you leave a film? I mean, I can't as a producer. I can't leave without <laughs> hope. I can't. Otherwise, I'd, I'd end up like Laurie. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: We've got a, maybe an answer to that question here, yeah, or no, we'll, no, we'll probably another it's question. Another question
5: that is related to that. I think my only issue about the film is a bit because of the the suicide and the way you approach suicide. Um, And I was struggling a bit with that. Um, And I was wondering if you have done any kind of research um, about uh, people that commit suicide and the consequences of the people around them. Because it's so beautiful the way you approach it Mm. that I feel
2: it can be Dangerous.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think Martin did because Martin.
2: He's obsessed with it, isn't he? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Martin's done quite a lot of uh, On
2: suicide. Yeah.
0: Um, the original play is more about the impact of the suicide and and the, and it was really, really. It was the one of the hardest things to to write into her character the justification for what happens and to seed it but not not seed it so it's obvious but we wanted you to kind of pull the rug from under your feet so you go fuck that's horrible but you've got to you've got to, you've got to have enough in the story leading up to it so that you think she's she is quite messed up um it's a hard thing to do because you've got to take responsibility for a character doing that to themselves um, psychologically. Um, and then we wrote, well, we, we, talk, we wrote about the backstory that she was uh, abused by a boyfriend of her mother's. And so you're left kind of thinking is it, you know, is Kieran responsible? Is everybody responsible? It, was she going to do that anyway? I don't yeah. know if I've answered your question at all. <laughs>
5: <laughs> to that? Because at one point, the character of Rita, doesn't she say something like, uh, uh, you know, like in my life I can do what I want with it, yeah. kind of the edge, and that actually quite sort of uh, made me think that that could be also played a very big part because she thought it was almost setting herself free from that, mm. from the pain that she had gone through, uh, from the abuse that she had in her childhood, or she had problems having you know, because she was quite unstable and I liked it because I knew she was going to do something that was not very nice so that was quite uh, you know that but you didn't know which point she was going to do it maybe she going to come out of it mm. but that was quite good because it wasn't all of a sudden So.
0: yeah I, she's definitely got it in her head that there's a little bit of a fixation with it and with pushing herself to the edge, which is why you get that bit of the scene on the cliff, where she stands there. So all we could do is hint that she had some kind of serious demons.
5: But putting a bit of the conversation with uh, with Rita's character, saying was it kind of uh, for a purpose, that it kind of played a part in them saying that she is actually going to be free, it's not something bad for her.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an interesting debate because also, I mean, the original question of whether, whether, whether you create some beauty around the idea of it resolving things, mm. and whether that in itself is a kind of dangerous way of dealing with suicide, is, uh, it's an interesting one I hadn't really thought about because it's. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, th- it almost works for me, but the whole idea of having a, I always think having a subplot which is about, abuse, sexual abuse or something like that is always sort of just appalling, thing because you can mm. always get. A sort of a, a, a bit of dialogue and we say well you know this thing happened in the past and you think you know what's happening now as mm. it were but 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 that does work in terms of uh, in terms of destabilizing um the audience then the question is is sam is the film uh, is the last reel of the film about sam becoming sam or is it mm. about him discovering all the elements of a mystery which have an obvious answer that that's what she had to do because that had happened to her. Yeah. And so on. And that, of course, is incredibly banal if, if we think that.
3: Mm. Mm. I
0: mean,
2: it's about Sam. Isn't but, it finding who he is?
0: But it, it, we, we always, we, we struggled with that. Is it about Sam when he when he hears the news that she was possibly abused as a child and then he he's sort of gradually putting the pieces of it together? Does he go to London to find out Exactly what happened? Because he goes to London, he doesn't do an awful lot. He just sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So then you had placed that
2: relationship between the character of uh, it was Mooney. Yeah. Right at the beginning,
5: on the beach, she comes up to him. So I always felt that some. I don't know. I always felt that there was going to be something between. Oh, them. did you? Yeah. Did I you just really? Because we yeah. tried to
2: avoid that, didn't we? <laughs> I don't
5: know. Maybe I did. I don't know. No, I, I like it I, now. I know I liked it because yeah. there was something because uh, he she was always going with the wrong guy, and uh, I just hoped that when he went to London, I was hoping in my mind they, oh, going true. with the film thing can you know give him a break, you know he needs a break and she needs a break. Are they going to get together? So. just...
6: Question over there. Um, were you conscious of the, the casting? Um, cyber stuff because they're both two main characters in Waterloo Road as well so I don't know if you you know obviously in Waterloo Road (coughs) it's a TV thing and it's Mm. young actors and they're all upcoming actors so were you concerned that um, when someone saw this they'd be thinking along Waterloo Road ways?
0: I I mean I don't watch Waterloo Road so all I could I was told that they were in Waterloo Road So recently,
6: there's been some kind of death thing going on. Still. Oh, really? So it's funny how the story, <laughs> stories
0: are crossing. Yeah. I, I think if it was a programme that was really part of. I mean, I can't think. I don't watch that much.
6: I mean, they're great actors, but did you, not, did you think. Um, you know, what if we hadn't gone for such famous. Like, <laughs> I didn't
0: think they were that famous, to be honest. I didn't. Okay. If there were any EastEnders, I think I would have struggled with it. I'd have thought. Okay. Until People are going to think it's East yeah. End is the film, but...
4: <laughs> Until we got no, to Worthing. Big of yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, we We got to Worthing, and I I didn't know them because I hadn't watched Waterloo Road, and um, it was amazing. It kind of spread like wildfire. They were mobbed. Yeah. And they were mobbed. Mm. And we'd be, there was one scene we shot, and we had a huge audience of kind of in like 100 kids yeah. We kept quiet like during the characters in, yeah. in that
6: drama, in that mm. you know, TV thing as well, so... Um, I mean, when I actually, <coughs> coming up to these film things, I just typed in you know, typed in the movie name. Um, I usually do that just a little bit of research before I come to see what's, what's playing. And I just saw the <laughs> two main characters. I was thinking, okay, this, is, this looks good. But I was just thinking, was that a, a. Was it just the fact that you found those actors, or did you go out deliberately finding. Was it. Well, from, the, know, p- from the producer's
2: point really. of view, you were always looking for stars, aren't you? Because that's okay. going to sell your film. So it was always a debate. But you were looking for
0: talent, not. Them, them being in something was not but necessarily I think, I
2: think we we always uh, we did we did have the luxury with this film of saying this is our film that we're never ever going to have a problem with because uh, or from, a, from a producer that says you have to have these requirements and we just found the best people in the industry at that time for the parts And we didn't look at the bigger picture because we know later on down our careers that we are going to have to look at the bigger picture. And people are going to say, well, they're in Waterloo Road, so that's not a film, it's a a TV drama. We just say, oh, well, Mm. you know what? This is our film, and we're going to do what we think is best for it. And went with it.
0: Everyone I know is in Waterloo Road, anyway. (laughs) It's true. I mean, so many northern actors, good. I
6: think that programme on TV TV, is something... I don't watch TV much but I like the <laughs> acting within that. And I, I've, I've
1: got really good actors in it, yeah.
2: I mean, Mooney, she's now got a part in Waterloo Road.
1: But <laughs> I, I've never seen Waterloo Road, but, but, but I, 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 I suspect that the, you'll find that the crossover between like a low budget movie and Waterloo Road is very, very limited. Um, I mean, if, if, if it was something which, which was a kind of, you know, an indie sitcom on Channel 4, maybe people would make readings across a character um, but between Waterloo Road and this, there's so little overlap of the, of the in a way, the, the kind of the, the, the first, the most natural audience that um, I don't think it's, it's much of an issue. I don't think it'll
0: help us or hinder us, to be honest, really, because they're not big enough stars.
6: Did start. you people who weren't proper actors, like, did you go for any talent like that? Did you just... We went to that, Nottingham, did didn't we?
2: Yeah, we went to the Nottingham uh, Film Place and we did our first casting there and we found a couple of good ones. Mm. Um, but again it was a decision about time because they didn't have the experience to be able to, to these guys are just so professional. We had and they to were, shoot it in twenty one days and sometimes. They were, they, they had. would turn up every day and they would be bang on it every day and we never had to work well they'd learnt
4: their lines on the day. Yeah. Yeah. They so were brilliant it was, and it, it was, was a really pop- good actor, you know, hit, hit the marks and it was just fantastic. For speed with. we just yeah. had to have that, didn't we? Yeah. Are there other questions out there? There's one
1: more. Oh, well, well, before we go there, let's go to this gentleman. Uh, My question
2: is, um, is this film made just for UK audience? Are they the target or will it be outside UK? All
1: right, let's talk about the distribution of the film. What what are your plans?
2: We'd like it to be distributed everywhere in the world.
0: (laughs) The first festival that it got into, which it's not playing at now, was um, in America, in Rhode Island. But we were
2: quite surprised by that.
0: That was a bit of an odd one. So uh, our, our ambitions for it are completely global. But I
2: think at this stage our experience is not enough to know exactly what's going to happen to this film. <laughs> and our, our philosophy at the moment, it may change, is that it's a living thing of its own now. It's created and it's formed. And as long as we show it, and as long as we get it to the people that can get it distributed... It will find its own way and in yeah. that process we'll learn what happens to a film <laughs> and how to get it distributed mm-hmm. and that's been part of why you know we ha- we've done the film because we had to, to with our learning curve we had to find out what was what was going to happen to us and our film and I think I'm it will it will find its way it will place well and we will get the return because it's such a cheap film so we will get our money back I think. The reason I'm asking is that uh, the the accents are local accents, oh, yeah. and um, the, the sceneries are local, all local. So the target, in my m- mind, the target people is only UK. But if you are producing it some other countries, have you got any response from anybody?
0: Oh, yes, yeah, it's a very, very, very good question now, because people might not understand...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's... What they're
0: saying, because I've played to people who can't understand what they're saying.
2: I think, for me, as a producer, there's a point of where you go from, you know, provincial, parochial kind of ideas, that it moves into a different sphere, and that's what I was trying to push, and we had a debate about this, is that I wanted to give it a high production value, and I wanted it to go across that line where you don't see the, the... the smallness of it—it it moves into a bigness. Doesn't matter what the budget is, but the ideas and the pictures. It's very
0: specifically about the accents. Yes, but it? I
2: think that's what I'm saying—that you're taking it out of its its small box, and it—and uh, I hate to use this word, but it sort of moves into this kind of arty stuff. You know, it's done—it suddenly goes into art, which is the bigger picture, isn't it? Where everybody, everybody goes to it naturally. And what's what we've tried to do. Um, We've tried to take it away from our small island and make it bigger than what it is, and it, it may not work. We'll see. We'll see where, this, where it takes. I think it's got its own journey, and it will...
0: But if people don't understand what they're saying, then, like, with Train Spotting, that had to be subtitled in America. Yeah, but
2: that's extreme, isn't it? No. There's no need. I'm Portuguese, and I might not
5: have understood everything,
2: but...
0: Yeah, you'll get enough.
2: But the pictures yeah, not, and the combination of the whole thing takes you... I watched the whole film after the grade. I watched the whole film, and I know it very well, without any dialogue. Wow, what an experience that was. I just sat there in the dark in this beautiful place at Molinaire with this beautiful screen, not a sound. And I sat there for 97 minutes, and I've seen everything being shot. I was like, oh, that's amazing. It was a completely different... And I obviously I understood everything, but... <laughs> I know story but, but it's an interesting exercise. But it's an
1: interesting question I, mean, I, I but I, I think in a, in a way what the answer is is that this is a kind of film where um, the initial audience is in the festival circuit and it's amongst people who are enthusiastic about this kind of film and precisely it's localism and precisely all of those things so then if you try and make decisions which make it more accessible you might actually be watering down the thing that which gives it its identity so you're always caught in that kind of paradox because it tends to be that low budget movies um, uh, or let's not call them low budget movies because some people don't like to think about that because it's got wonderful production values but, but, but uh, and they don't like to say art house pictures because in Britain cinema is not art but find a word for it something which is a specialist movie which plays in festivals a festival movie which then gets specialist distribution then how how specific it is is very important to people feeling that there's some value in it so so they'll have to live with that, I think.
0: Yeah, we couldn't, I wouldn't have made this film with two actors with RP accents. Not because I have a problem with that, but because um, it, wouldn't feel, it, wouldn't it wouldn't be rich feel enough, it wouldn't yeah. feel true, it wouldn't be genuine, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be this story. Mm.
1: There's another question, then. You it It's a very similar question. So I want to say I really enjoyed the film. I'm
5: glad that you kept the colloquial, the, the accent, because RP would have not...
1: All right, and I'm going to make this the very last question. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed it as well, and uh, having not an RP accent, it's quite nice to hear. (laughs) It It isn't an RP accent sometimes. Um, I'm interested in in the story um, in terms of there's a play and there's a playwright and there's yourself writing the script, and then the producer comes in and you've got ideas of your own from two other people who are giving you their ideas of the script. When you've got all of that input going into a film, how do you keep um,
4: the story coherent? And um, and and to a vision.
0: I suppose um, we you left us alone for long periods of time, didn't you? Uh, we'd have note sessions b- between each draft that were quite intense, where you'd sort of meet us and say, we, "We've we've got a couple of readers who." But you, you didn't actually sh- give us the notes. You were quite I you were quite g- gentle it- with, uh, yeah. and and then we'd go away for two months on the next so me and Martin worked intensively on the themes and the story of the relationship between the two boys and what we wanted Sam's journey to be Um, and basically we kind of fought it out amongst ourselves and then we'd come back for approval and we'd go are we alright and you'd go yay or nay and then we'd go away again so it wasn't like a large circle of people.
2: We kept it quite close, didn't we? <clears throat> yeah. And, um, but in the
0: nitty gritty of it, it was sort of me and Martin. I think I
2: really trusted them because I knew, I knew what, I thought they knew what they were doing. And therefore, I didn't, and I'm very, I, I think with creativity, you, with people that are trying to create, you have to be very gentle to, to, to allow them to actually get that out. And I see a load of films and I see the nub of these ideas and I think, "Oh, you could have just left it alone to be so that's the way I work as a producer. I love creative I love the creative process it's my passion and I've done it I've been in it since I you know I went to drama drama to drama at university and I, I that's my thing I love it and so've I'm very gentle with people who are creating because I have such empathy for them it's such a brave thing to do <coughs> We'd like, give
0: her a draft and she'd go well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and
2: I also it's like a present for me. Every new scra- script, uh, draft is like, oh, I can't see what, I can't wait to see what they've done. So, so I think they just, and they're very good. Both of them are really good, and they knew what they wanted.
1: So I'm I'm, intru- I'm intrigued then. So how how were you persuaded not to go for the bleaker end?
2: Well, actually, it was quite. I was quite ruthless about that. So I'm not making it, and I'm not giving you the money unless she give me a nice ending. Right. Because th- that, was, well, that was just that was it. That there was no there was no choice. They had no choice. They had choice everywhere else. It's it's fight your battles, talk, isn't it? Okay. That's what it is. And that for me, I one of the worst things in life is going to see a sad film and not having an ounce of hope. At but the, end it, the romantic
0: ending did get lost in favor of that ending. Because we did agree that it was... The empty romantic ending was horrible. Oh, it's a
2: disaster. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they... That you could... We saw immediately that they did... I saw immediately that they didn't really want a romantic... A good end... That ending. Because we didn't it was want a awful, kind of, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And therefore... But then when they said, Oh, we've got to do reshoot, I just went, yeah, of course. Because I got it as well. I saw that it was... So awful. what
0: happened when we reshot it? It got darker... But I In the reshoot, because all that thing with him kicking off and, and 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 his reaction to the fight was the reshoot, effectively.
2: But I had um, been warned, and I at the, always that uh, I was going to have to that there is possibly a reshoot of the end. I you kind of all I always knew we were going to have to reshoot something, didn't we? We'd, yeah. We would built that into the time frame. Yeah. And it was the ending. And that
0: that was the day we did seagulls and.
2: Yeah, the pick
1: but you up sense, or six. You get a sense. You uh, get a sense of the level of collaboration by how many people show up to talk about a film. Uh, I mean, uh, um, Julian's been lots of times in this room with films and uh, sat there with an entire unit, and you get a feeling of how much the unit worked together or didn't work together, or you know, even you watch the body language of the people sitting there. But um, uh, uh, you get a real sense that you're, you're you're working on the same film from the film and from what you say. So. Um, Thank you very much for coming back and sitting in that, in that seat. Thank it's you. very, very great. nice Enjoyed to it. have you here. It's great it's a great thing to happen. Um, and um, thanks for bringing Nick and Andrew and Claudia here and, and for your film. And we've got some wine, uh, I think, That's in the back good. room. So it means that the questions are not entirely over because we can hang around a bit in the coffee bar. But for the meantime, all of you, thank you very, very much. Thanks, thanks for having us.
4: This podcast was brought to you by the London Film School, a skill set partner.